Hey, do you love the Postmodern Art Podcast? Do you want to help the podcast grow? Do you want to potentially be a part of it as well? Then maybe you should consider contributing to the Postmodern Art Podcast Patreon! That's right, after months of debate, I finally decided, you know what? Let's make a Patreon. Because I want to be able for you guys to be as involved with this podcast as possible and help the podcast grow. For a monthly fee as low as $5 a month, you can get some incredible benefits and some incredible behind-the-scenes stuff no matter what tier you go to. Just with the $5 tier alone, you get to see incredible behind-the-scenes content, just like old works and progresses of old thumbnails. You get to see some content that I may have had to cut for one reason or another. You get a monthly audio shout-out at the end of the podcast. You get a video version of the podcast one day early. And at the end of the podcast, on the video version, when the music is playing us out, you can see your name at the very end of the podcast. But that's just even for the $5 tier. For the $15 tier, that monthly audio shout-out, yeah, that becomes a uh, weekly audio shout-out. Plus, you get a bonus monthly episode of the podcast. Plus, you might get an opportunity, if there's a guest you really want to ask a question to, you get to ask them one question while I make sure to shout you out on the podcast. That's right, you get to ask questions alongside me. And don't even get me started on the highest tier, the $40 tier. At $40, on top of all the other benefits that you get, you're basically sponsoring an episode. So before or during an episode, you get to tell me what to say. So no more boring things about, you know, Patreons and, ooh, check out this podcast. You can just tell me what to say, because you are basically the sponsor of that episode. Plus, on top of that, with all these other tiers, you get increasingly better discounts at the merch shop. So if there's potentially a piece of merch that you wanted to get, maybe contributing to the Patreon would help with that. I've wanted to do this Patreon for a bit to help further grow this podcast, whether it's potentially getting somewhat of a salary to help pay for the thumbnails that I'm getting for the episodes, pay for commissions to help people out, or maybe even bringing on people to help make this podcast even better, like an editor or something along the lines of that. But as much as I would like to be able to do that, I can't do that without you guys. And that's why I'm hoping if you're interested and you want to help this podcast grow, I would greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you went to patreon.com slash PMAP and helped out with even just the bare minimum, just that little bit of support helps this podcast grow exponentially. So come on, be a part of the Postmodern Art Podcast today and contribute to the Postmodern Art Podcast Patreon. Welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and today's guest, in my opinion, is as good as gold. Today's guest is Jordan Coffer, a.k.a. Southpaws, an artist whose art lights up the internet with every new piece, whether it's nostalgia or nightmare fuel. This was a treat of a podcast, and I felt honored to talk to Jordan, and I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Make sure you support her with all the links down below. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and want to go further with that support, you can like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer to see when the newest episodes come up. You can go a little bit further by being a part of the brand new Postmodern Art Podcast Patreon. You can get access to incredible benefits, such as a video version of the podcast early, a bonus monthly episode of the podcast, early behind-the-scenes looks of who I may be bringing on the podcast, old thumbnails, cut content, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash PMAP if you want to help this podcast grow. If you want to go even further with that support and want to find a place to talk about more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the Apocalypse Podcast Network, you should join the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, where once again you can talk about this podcast, we can share memes, just figure out how everyone's day is doing. In fact, let's hear about another tantalizing podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Hey there, Robo-fans and Dino-fans. Do you like science fiction? Do you like movies about robots and dinosaurs? Do you like podcasts that explore sci-fi philosophy through a fun and positive lens? Then you are going to love Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Every week, your host, Louis G, invites a guest onto the show to talk about one of their favorite sci-fi movies. It's a Robocast. It's a Dino-cast. It's a battle for ultimate awesomeness in science fiction pop culture. Subscribe to Robots vs. Dinosaurs on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Robos v. Dinos or Twitter at Versus Robots. That is at VS Robots. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. There you are. Here I am. There you are. Just a quick curiosity, are you just only using a webcam or do you also have a mic as well? I I do have a mic. I okay. could see if I can plug it in. That's, my... that's your call if you want. I mean, I either way, as long as I can hear you fairly well. But if you have the mic, I'm, I if I were you, I'd go ahead and just plug it in. Might as well. Let me, let me go see if I can. Yeah, do what you need to do. Trust me, I'm in no rush whatsoever. Ooh. Getting fancy oh, yeah, up in right? here. For, for when I like to do my impulse singing. Oh, and... there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and mostly for whenever I use my Twitch, but I have not started that yet. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is confusing as heck. Do you have a Twitch? I do. Well, I I, do. I have I, a Twitch account, I but I use that to subscribe to other people on Twitch. I don't use that to stream myself. Yeah, it is very hard to get started. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> no, trust me. I, I, I haven't even fully dipped into it, and I can only imagine. Oh, it says it's set to Yeti microphone. Okay, then yeah, it should be good. Um, are your headphones also connected to like a separate device or whatnot, or is it? Can you hear me through the headphones? So I'm like, I can hear you through this, but okay. I'm not really hearing my voice. Kind of. Then that's perfect because I can hear it's you so and good. you sound wonderfully. So there you go. Oh, okay. So as long, that's the only part that matters then. Like as long as you can hear me. Because yeah. before it was like, can you hear me? You're like, you're like, sure. Those are words. Also, it's a- God, it's bright. <laughs> Uh, now, now it's too dark. No. Dang it, it was worth a shot. <laughs> uh, okay. 
I mean, trust me, when it comes to lighting and all that kind of stuff, I just have like a simple ring light that I work with. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I have a ring light, but I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it. It's entirely laziness. And no, no, no. Hey, I, I'll say this. When it comes to like this podcast and all that kind of stuff like that, get as comfortable as you want. I want this to be more or less like a calm cool casual conversation about your art your passion all this kind of stuff so if you don't yeah. want to hook up like 20 million things or whatnot that that's perfectly fine with me and it also just has a little addition there is my cat Aww. sleeping. oh julie so cute look at the cute hey, thing oh cutie she usually chills to the like right of me while i draw right because <laughs> i'm always over here no and she wants attention at all times and i give it to her <laughs> you spoil you spoil them rotten don't you Pour the crap out of her. She deserves it. <laughs> there we go. How are you doing this evening? I am doing pretty darn good. That's it's good. freezing as heck up here in Minnesota, but mm. besides that, trust me, I'm I'm somewhat aware. I was born in Illinois, so I I know just kind of how cold it can get up you, there. You so. get the cold. I'm like people will say, "Oh my God, I love snow." It hasn't snowed yet today. Today, but yeah, like we're hearing it's it's coming. Whenever the cold starts to hit, you know the snow is going to hit soon, and I'm like. Okay. <laughs> I was I was kind of lucky that my dad decided, you know, after a certain point, yeah, we're going to move down to Georgia, um, which is fine for, like, certain weather. But, like, you know, I love it. It's swelteringly hot, though. It's, like, like, on some parts, it's, like, fairly hot. And then there's, like, if you get to South Georgia, it's, like, you're basically in the bayou. Like, it's, it's just hot and humid. Like, it, it, borderline, oh. it's, like, South Georgia is basically North Florida. Like, literally, all right? So... <laughs> no, my hair would be a giant frizz mess. Oh, like that humidity would have killed me in three seconds. I got family down there. I just <laughs> no, yeah, Minnesota. No, I, I, I'm I, up here. I totally get that. I totally get that. What was I gonna say? Freaking uh, like my mom lives around Orlando and all that stuff. But even then, like Jesus Christ, like I what's I was further stupid because I could enjoy like the North Georgia weather. Now I went to school in South Georgia. Um <laughs> so I oh, I suffered. Get it. I suffered. You like you get the pain of it. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, but you know, I'm back up in North Georgia for the time being and I'm just, you know, living life as best I can, you know? Yeah, just living day to day. Yeah, living day to day. Interviewing people, having fun. <laughs> well that's just a weekend thing, but day to day so no. Day to day I interview even more people. And there you go. I would love to for it to be like a day day to like interview more people because the people I get to talk to like Jesus Christ it's it's incredible yourself included I'm honored to have you on this podcast so uh, shucks I was like I was like I'm going to tell my parents <laughs> <laughs> is this is this your first time appearing on a podcast oh yeah I've oh my never God. been invited <laughs> I no one's asked I'm I'm. I'm both surprised and not surprised because a lot of the times, like, I'll ask some of these, like, big name, like, artists, like, they're big name, like, ones with, like, huge following on, like, Twitter and such. And, like, a lot of them, like, yeah, no, no one's ever asked me to be on a podcast. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I want to, I wanted to bring you here because I want to, like, pick your brain because some of the stuff you push out there, good lord. Like, it's Uh. literally in my, (laughs) I'll do, like, a little intro when we're, like, really getting going or whatnot. And I literally Mm -hmm. say on there that your artwork could either make or break the internet on a daily basis. Right. I, I like to keep people on their toes. Yeah, you you certainly do that, and then then some. If I do say so myself. <laughs> and, Wonderful mission accomplished. Then and technically, I'm going to correct you because technically, this is your second time on this podcast because you let me use your Mortify piece as part of the oh, interview yeah. with the artist <laughs> that did the original Mortify piece. So yeah, I did. 
I did watch that that bit too, where I was like, ah, they got to, I'm like, they got to see my piece. I'm like, that's a that's a wonderful thing to think about. Absolutely. Like, not only that, like they, I, I guess uh, Joey, the person behind the original piece of Mortify or whatnot, had already known about your thing like ages beforehand or whatnot. Like when you first released it, absolutely loved it. So I think you're doing good stuff, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I feel so powerful right now. You kind of uh, good to hear again. You kind of are because I've said this before. Like with the stuff that you produce out there, you have a way of shifting the internet. I will say that. <laughs> oh, great! Like there's nothing better than kind of having the like, not I mean like the delayed reaction of showing people. I'm like, hey, you know that meme that you saw like a decade ago? I drew that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know that thing that you guys passed around your friend groups in like 2015? That was me who drew that. Just Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's always a fun realization for people. It's always insane how the internet just like works like that. You know, it's one of those like you might push something out there that is going to be good or you'll know how it's going to react. And then years later, people don't realize it's you, but like you have made like some of the biggest impact on people's lives. <laughs> They're like, how did they're like, how did I not know that was you? I was like, I don't know. I have like the same handle kind of everywhere, to be honest. I think that's also a, a sad way of saying that's how things get lost in translation when it comes to the internet. How things get passed around mm -hmm. so easily. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a certain level that you kind of have to accept about that. I mean, I've reached a point where I just hope people don't steal my work because really, I hate watermarking my stuff. I feel like it kind of, kind of dilutes the picture a bit right. I'm not saying don't do it but i personally am just not a fan of watermarking and i usually assume when i draw something that i hope that gets passed around to people i don't assume that they're gonna know it was me eventually so i'm like i just kind of let that happen I nothing mean, i can do about it i mean if it makes you feel any better anytime i see a piece of yours i instantly know it's yours just based on your art style alone like i fucking oh. love it so oh that's good to hear absolutely <laughs> all right georgia before we really get going with this podcast i want to ask the icebreaker question of the podcast let's say you were given the opportunity to go to a deserted island on your own accord it's just you get to relax decompress and just enjoy life for a little bit however you get to bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to make sure you don't go completely insane on the island. What's the one thing you bring with you to make sure you keep sane? Okay, one piece of media or art. See, I would I would pick a movie, but I feel like I'd lose my mind yeah. if I rewatched that movie <laughs> infinitely, even if it was Spider-Verse, which would be my movie choice. But I guess for show, I would pick a show. Okay. And I would pick Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh. Because that is a show that I can rewatch infinitely yeah. and not get bored with. I mean, to be fair with how, like, diverse and how unique that universe is alone, like, I'm sure, like, every rewatch you get for as long as you're on this island or whatnot, you pick up on some, like, new shit yeah. all the time. I can be one of, I can be in the most obnoxious fan the moment I get off that island. Because I can be like, <laughs> trust me, I watched this 80,000 times. That's not how that interaction went down. So. <laughs> Uh, wonderful that's what we need more discourse on the air now what's the right way <laughs> yeah. things go <laughs> all we need is just more annoying fans and things so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless avatar the last airbender the complete series is that your answer you locking that in I'm locking it in. Beep. Then if that's the case, congratulations. You've won opportunity to be a part of the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, oh. Nathan Raglan. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. I'm a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com for more about this podcast and 
other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> she is a freelance artist with a passion for communicating the importance of self-expression and diversity whose incredible artwork can make or break the internet on a daily basis. Welcome to the podcast, Jordan Coffer, a.k.a. Southpaws. Ding, ding, ding. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you doing on this wonderful day? I am doing a Gucci gang, my sir. Gucci gang. I How love are you it. doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I really do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, like I've said before, you've been featured on this podcast. You've been mentioned several times on the podcast because I cannot get enough of your artwork and such. But before we really divulge into the art you're producing, I want to go back just a little bit. I want to know the origin stories of Jordan. What got you interested in art in the first place? Oh, a thousand percent it was my dad. Oh, really? Because he is an insanely talented artist. Okay. And, like, unfortunately, you know, he had to take care of his kids or something. He had to love his family. <laughs> but, you know, so he was a little too busy to really pursue art to the degree that I'm actively pursuing art. Mm -hmm. But he's definitely inspired me. I When I was super little, I saw his stuff and I was like, I want to do that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you remember like so, any particular like pieces or what like was there like any particular kind of art that he did that just like really grabbed your attention? Oh, I mean, my dad has been super into comic books Ooh. and superheroes. And so like uh, the majority of the art that he would tend to create, it was like superhero art, comic art. Like uh, he <laughs> when he was younger, he would make this comic series when he was a little kid called Panther Boy. Ooh. That was like the was like the sidekick of black panther and stuff like that so like i would see art of his own original superhero characters for his world and so but i was a child who liked animals so i mostly drew animals at the beginning i mean that's, <laughs> but it's a good start if nothing else <laughs> yeah it, I, but like the the biggest things was like the things i would see that he would make would just be like it was just like a whole world, like a whole world of characters that he made for his own comic books that I would like to one day bully him into posting somewhere online. I, if nothing else, I'm surprised you haven't gone out of your way to like scan something in and be like, check out my dad's stuff. Seriously. You know, I did actually Ooh. like it was it, like it was a I want to say a couple months back because I was helping him put his art desk together because I I was like, I will help you put the art desk together. If you sit down and draw. And as we were doing that, we found a bunch of his old art. And we just sat there and just started looking at it together. Aww. And then I was like, Dad, please let me run a social media account for you and your art. So I just kind of like threw his like some of his pieces up on my on my Twitter account. And I was like, you guys need to look at how cool my dad is. If you guys think my art's great, you need to look at his. Yep. And so like if you're interested at some point, I can maybe send it to you after this. But like if you want to throw it up or whatever, but please do his stuff is please amazing. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'll see if I can find the post. If not, I'll see if I can find any of his art afterward, but uh, he's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I, I, as good of a start that may be for you, for you, when did it go from, you know, this genuine love that you had, especially with your, you know, your dad's artwork and such to a passion and then making that your own career. You know, I, there are people who like kind of jump in between not being sure what kind of job or what they want to do as they grow up, but I actually do not remember any other point in my life in which I didn't want to be an artist. Okay. I remember uh, 
notably like being in it like second grade and saying i want to be an artist when i grow up i'm like i want to be an artist for sure when i grow up and then i didn't think about anything else Ooh, income <laughs> pay whatever passion is the important part yeah. and so i was just you know interested in that i do uh, notably remember a time in which my parents kind of hit the where they they've told me they're like we knew that you were going to go into art when this part in our lives happened because i was in like kindergarten and my teacher had pulled my dad and my mom off to the side and was like do you see this picture and my dad was really impressed and my mom had no idea what was going on she's like why are we looking at this like it's cool or something <laughs> it's a kindergartner's picture and the teacher was like it's because she's using foreground and background and she's actually drawing these characters close and at a distance and that is incredibly rare for a small child to grasp yeah that like I would draw my dad and I'd draw him super tall and long. And then I'd try to draw me further away. And I'd draw like my legs and my body like shrunken. Mm -hmm. It was obviously a kindergartner picture, so it wasn't good. But like it, I had that understanding apparently. So, I mean, I guess kindergarten Jordan drew backgrounds more than 27 year old Jordan does. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I mean, nevertheless, like, especially at that young of an age to already, like, grasp that kind of concept or whatnot, that's impressive. Like, I applaud younger Jordan as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she peaked. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I don't remember doing it, but I did see the picture and I did it. So I was like, okay, I'll take that W. <laughs> I mean, you know, fair enough. You know, take all the W's you can at this point, um, especially at that young of an age. You got to take everything you get with you. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, so... So again, I guess that love and passion just always just kind of been there for you. So mm -hmm. how much, yeah, wow. Words are wonderful. I had my thoughts and then I lost it. That happens to me way more often than I liked it. Nah, you're good. You're there good. You, there you go. I uh, can't remember a single word, so you're fine. Oh, there you go. Um, in that case, you do sentences <laughs> wonderfully if you can't remember any words whatsoever. <laughs> Thank you. Words mean nothing. Everything's made up. Everything's made up. Well, speaking of made up stuff, some of the stuff that you have made up, I, I assume you kept like that art journey kind of going, you know, throughout, like you never really lost that. So like, especially in like college and stuff like that, I can only imagine like expanding that a little bit more and actually getting an opportunity to like work firsthand with coming that uh, with some of that kind of stuff. I imagine that more or less like reinforced. Yeah, I definitely got to be here. Yeah. See, like the, the interesting thing with uh, specifically with my art education mm -hmm. was all of the stuff that I technically had majored in for my art mm -hmm. was not even close to what I was interested in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. God, that was a waste. But like, you know, like a lot of art schools tend to be very, very expensive. Yeah. And uh, me no have moolah. So I went to a school that offered me scholarships and the degree availabilities that they had for that. Like, so that sometimes I kind of go in the perspective where I say I, I did technically get a formal art education from college, but also I'm like, sometimes a lot of the things that I'm specifically directing myself towards, I really had to learn on my own because they just didn't have that for my degree. Yeah. So I'm like, I got the bare bones of some things, but it, it helped me. It helped me understand what I was more interested in. <laughs> but You know what? Fair enough. I was going to say, I actually went to, I told you I went to college in South Georgia. The college I went to was not a film school, but it was a school that offered like film. And so like I studied film there instead of going to like a formal art school in like New York or LA or all yeah. that pizzazz. Things are expensive. You're telling me like 
Yeah. Like, travel alone is probably, like, you know, going to kill most people if they want to do that kind of stuff, especially with oh, yeah. the small places we're from. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I'm, like, going to any state where it's, like, the kind of the best for your art education is just... It's going to limit a lot of people, especially a lot of people financially, but... It helped. It helped me decide on what I was more interested. In. It did give me some good networking opportunities, but like, I mean, that's that, that's <laughs> good. Never, it did its job. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. Nevertheless, to kind of have that foundation. I imagine one of the foundations to help further with like connections and stuff like that was something that I found while I was doing my research in college called Gold. Was this like this comic series or something along the lines of that? Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can you elaborate more you on that? You looked at my website, I, I did look at your website because I tried to do thorough research when I had my guests on. Um, oh, heck yeah. Well done. <laughs> thank you. But I want to know more about it because the little taste that I did get on your website or whatnot, it looks absolutely stunning. What exactly was Golden? Like, how far did you go with it? You know, that one was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> was, uh, we, because, you know, like we have a senior art theses that we create. Mm-hmm. at the very end of our education and it was i was kind of like fumbling between kind of what i wanted to decide for because i'm i'm very much a digital illustrative kind of person mm-hmm. and my studio arts degree for that one kind of fell in it's more of a hands-on so i was like i have to do somehow a digital but a hands-on piece mm. and so uh my gold piece that was actually something i made into a physical book that i like had like hands the hand stitched i had to learn because i don't know how to sew i don't know how to (laughs) sweetie so so the the presentation may not have been the cleanest but um basically what that piece was about it was about 67 pages okay worth of art where it is a dissection of the the beauty of black bodies Mm -hmm. from head to toe and how like gold how golden we truly are and so from the very beginning to the very end so from the top of the head to the tip of the toes the beginning of my book starts with that and addressing like the idea of how like it's not okay to touch like black hair and i for that one i had like that i had the page texturized in like this black texture i don't even know what it's called anymore but like there's like black texturizing here i go on to the aspect of the mind I go like into details on really just like kind of every feature about the features of nose, like of the the beauty and like the nose shape of black people and lips and just like how the idea that it's not, it's not seen as a masculine for black men to smile or cry or laugh. And so I had like my dad pose for like scenes of him smiling and laughing and crying and stuff like that. And just like going through all this and then also just addressing like, obviously the, just the the hate crimes that are taking place and just like the injustice with the police and just really it's just a very dense piece Mm -hmm. which i couldn't unfortunately fit all into my um into my like website but like i ended up also prepping them as incredibly thick zines because it's 67 pages so i made a bunch of small zines too so people could actually pick them up and take them with and bring them and show them to people but yeah, like it's just from top to bottom addressing just kind of the the inherent beauty in blackness and how like truly like we're seen as disposable, but we are really gold. Yeah. So. I mean, if nothing else, like 
the little taste again the little taste I did get from your website or whatnot like it was absolutely stunning like what you were able to present what you were able to put out there because like the details that you have with your art in general like it's absolutely incredible I just want to like for you like when people I guess kind of like decide on like certain styles or whatnot it's something that you know like you could recognize whenever they lean towards a style for you. Why did you decide to go with a more realistic kind of thing for your artwork, like a realistic figures and such for, for that piece or just kind of just in general, more or less like that piece could probably be a good example, but I'm talking about just in general, like with all your art, you push out. Hmm. Like, cause like I tend to find that my stuff kind of fits more in the, uh, like a semi realism at the strongest and then like cartoony realism kind of in the in between right mostly because i like the i like the inherent emotive quality of people and so just to i don't like to do that incredibly exaggerated stuff because it kind of starts to I don't know. It starts to kind of lose its humanity to it. Okay. So like I'll like I'll make cartoony characters and I can like alter the perspective of them or like kind of like the the shape to mimic movement. Mm -hmm. But that's just kind of to create more flow and stuff. But I try to keep it as currently close to human humanizing i guess is the best way to say it mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out how to describe what the heck i'm talking about but <laughs> I, mean, I think you're doing a solid job so far <laughs> but yeah i'm like i know specifically for those pieces i did tend for my gold piece i did tend to edge more towards the semi-realism realism when i was kind of going for it because i did want to really focus on the human aspect of this issue rather than make it anything cartoony right. i mean if i was doing it kind of cartoony uh at a certain point, I did do one where it was like all cartoonish drawings, kids drawings, because it was a memory of racism that I had faced when I was younger mm-hmm. that I put in there. And so it's just like, usually I have intent to that in that piece, but more often than not, I like the idea of humans, yeah. <laughs> like kind of being expressive. That's the most fun part for me. And also, it's fun to draw. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> It, it, it certainly is, especially with some of the pieces that you've created and some of the uh, expressions that you can certainly do with all that kind of stuff. I just have to ask this just right off the bat. What is your thought process whenever you decide to sit down and be like, I'm going to create this abomination today <laughs> or this incredible Okay, piece? so you see, <laughs> my thought process is usually um, when I'm creating something that I want people to... <laughs> react to (laughs) it is usually a combo of i want them to think oh god why (laughs) and then i want them to think this is too well drawn for me to hate it yeah (laughs) so like i want them to hate it but i want them to be impressed enough by how it looks that they can easily send that to friends to make them upset like my goal is usually like my goal of my mike wazowski and sully thing (laughs) first of all it was a birthday gift to me. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be the piece, the example that I was going to say when it comes to, <laughs> like, what goes exactly with what you're saying. I was just talking about, in general, like, your thought process for any art. But we'll start with the abominations first, and we'll yeah, start with that, Mike like, Wazowski. My, <laughs> I'm like, my abominations ones are the easiest kind of A to B thought process for me, to be honest. <laughs> just because I'm like, because I usually like to make people laugh anyway. I usually like to, like joke around and screw around and do stuff that'll make my friends laugh. And I remember for that piece specifically, 
years ago when um, Monsters University came out, mm-hmm. I had drawn a genuine fan art. Like, little Jordan meant it. Like, <laughs> I meant it. And it was horrifying <laughs> because years later, I looked back at it back in, like, I want to say 2017 or 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why did I draw Mike Wazowski with a human body? <laughs> I just- I drew him with a human body and it looked horrifying. And I was like, why did I do that? Uh, and so I threw it on my Tumblr. I was like, hey, you guys want to see want to see something awful? And some people saw it. They were like, oh my God, why would you show this to me? I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. And I was like, I was like, guys, no, no, no. I've gotten so much better at drawing. I can make it way better. And so I drew an updated version of Mike Wazowski with a human body. Being like, oh, Sully Coon, because <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> and then people freaked out even more about it. <laughs> and I was like, mission accomplished. <laughs> and then later, when I was talking about it, like on my birthday, I was like, I don't know, just thinking about funny things because I was making front jokes with my friends. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that picture, and people were like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, it's been a few years. I can do better. Oh, no. <laughs> so I just real quick sketched them where I'm like, we're Sully Coon, though. I got to draw Sully Coon. Yep. So I drew that and I was like, I hope that this goes into people's Discord group chats. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I made it with a goal of making people go, why? And then throwing it at their friends to make them yell. I think it went a little bit further than just Discord group chats. I think that was like burned into people's like memories of like what is the worst piece that is so beautifully done. Like <laughs> you're like, how dare you? It's it's a com it's a combo of like it makes me laugh a lot, but sometimes it makes me go <sighs> because usually those pictures that I make as like quick memes take way less time than the ones that take a lot of time on. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I'll take the W, but also I'm like, can you look at my other pieces? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie though. I will say whenever I saw you release that on your birthday this year, at least the most updated one, I was just laughing because I'm like, she just wants to see the world burn and I am all for it. I (laughs) do. I did. I did. I was like, I hope people scream when they see this. I <laughs> hope that they hand it off to their friends. And I actually had um, my friend was talking to me, and they told me that someone they were talking to, they had like a Mike Wazowski thing, and they were like, I saw this crazy fan art. And my friend was like, my friend made this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my God, it's reached the real world. It got onto my Facebook through one of my other friends where they – they shared it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, guys, I drew that. <laughs> How does it feel to know that you have all this power to influence the world and you're using it to push out Sully Coon and such? <laughs> I'm using it for evil. You're using it because for pure evil. <laughs> because it's funny. <laughs> like that is, that is as far as my evil plans go. I do it because I want to make people laugh, scream, and pass it off to their friends. Well, at the very least, okay, so that might be the one side of the spectrum when it comes to your art. Like we said, that's the abomination Mm -hmm. aspect. How about the stuff that you were talking about to where you want to put, like, a little bit more time and effort? What is the thought process of A to B for something that you genuinely love and want to put a lot of time into making Mm -hmm. amazing? See, like, the the things that I tend to have the most important let me restart that sentence. Okay. Let me say, I am an impulsive person. <laughs> Fair. 
And I am very bad at planning out my art pieces. Okay. Which isn't the best idea. <laughs> not not a smart thing. So if anyone's listening to this, trying to get advice from me, I do not listen and do not follow this. Yeah. That's just something I do and I need to get better at it. But that means that usually when it comes to my planning process, I will sketch something impulsively that I like because I'm usually just, I'm a fan of a lot of different media. I have obviously that nostalgia factor mm -hmm. that every sad old person, because apparently 27 is old now, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like every sad older person will have for media that they really enjoyed when they were younger. And so like I tend to do little sketches and doodles of these things. And then I go, oh, wait doesn't look that bad and so i kind of just start to build off of it and then when i can understand that like it's really it's something that i'm going to have a lot of fun with mm -hmm. more often than not mine isn't really for for big immersive pieces or pieces that have taken me longer unless i really have like a hardcore thesis because more often than not i want to make people smile with my art yeah i want to make them smile i want them to laugh i want them to feel warm which is why like i'll tend i'll tend to do things that I enjoy more often than not, because, you know, if I like it a lot, it'll show in my work, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, some people say you kind of want to cater to X, Y, Z. You don't want to do that really because you're not going to have fun with what you're drawing. But I'm like, I will draw the piece. I will take a stupid amount of time on it, on it sometimes, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> where I'm like, uh, I mean, this is in the cringe, but it was something I was passionate about was the Morta Twy piece. That yeah. took me longer than it should have. <laughs> I'm like, that took me longer than it should have, but I was having a lot of fun with it. But, um, and I guess that's a piece of success for that because that sucker blew up. But yeah, <laughs> like there's, there's a, there's like a piece that I'm even just working on right now that is like, it's Animal Crossing. Okay. And it's, it's a lot like it's it's kind of a lot because I usually sometimes when I do my more immersive pieces, I use it to kind of test out things that I'm weak in. Like I, I want to work on background, so I'll try to incorporate a little bit of background or I want to mess around with lighting or screw around with stuff like that. Okay. And if I tend to get positive reception for stuff like that, I'm like, cool, that means people like it. They like how it looks. So then I can kind of keep building off of that because I'm a very big critic of myself, as most artists are. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm like my my a my a to b to c like it's kind of murky when it comes to something that I really really care about, which is weird. <laughs> I'm like, cause mostly I just stick with that. Am I having fun with this? If I'm not having fun with this, I'll make it quicker. If I'm having fun with this, I'm gonna keep building off of it. And then when I post it, I hope people like it, cause I spent twelve hours on it. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, nevertheless, I it. I'm not much of an artist myself, but I would say that's honestly like a good mentality to have, like, especially if it's something that you like genuinely love and you want to like push it out there and stuff like you're just following like what you're passionate about, what you love and you want to create incredible stuff that other people might love and feel passionate about as well. That's a great mentality to have at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It, it lets you keep having fun with it because it's, it's hard to be an artist online. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very, very hard. Yes. It and is. I have no idea still baffled by the amount of followers I have right now because I did not have that in 2020 at all. Yeah. So, so just it's sometimes I, I guess the best encouragement for that mindset I had was I was just drawing what I wanted to. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, mean, I wasn't really catering to anything. And, and like, I imagine a lot of the stuff that you wanted to draw or the stuff that at least inspired you a good bit is kind of the quote unquote nostalgia stuff that you had talked about beforehand or whatnot, because mm-hmm. apparently 27 is old. Trust me, I'm 25. I'm right around the corner with you. So Ooh, you're one foot in the grave. <laughs> I, know, I know. Right. <laughs> but one of the ones that I absolutely love is kind of the, the mid to late two thousands cartoons that you love to do like Same. drawings of like, uh, <laughs> the first one that came to mind whenever I was thinking of that is the uh, Jake Long American Dragon one you absolutely like knocked out of the park when you made that piece good lord uh, okay so that one has a special place in my heart okay because that actually marked a shift in my art style that really? tends to be what you see right now because my style was actually a little bit different before I was still kind of trying to figure out how to do noses trying to figure out how to do eyes yeah. face shapes all that, and I remember distinctly when I was working on that piece, I like it's like something clicked. Okay. Like something clicked in my head as I was drawing it. And I was like, yo, this is kinda good though. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this piece is kinda this piece is kinda fire. Okay. Yeah. And so like going through it and then so I finished it. And then after that, it's just like how I drew humans just shifted entirely. And I can literally see it before and after. And so usually when I tend to uh, post my art or post, make a post or post my art and say, hey, always be plugging. Yeah. I say, hey, follow me if you like my stuff. I usually put my American Dragon one there because it's kind of, it's my baby. I mean, if nothing I really else, like it. if nothing else, it's certainly a good foundation for what you, the, the, streak of amazing art that you've been pushing out lately so i mean i i'm certainly gonna be right there that one that one is a very special one for me mm-hmm. if i do say so but another one that has like a special place in my heart and i thank you for some of the ones that you do is some of the chowder stuff you've been doing because chowder always had like a special place uh, in my heart i love i love chowder man. I know, the humor right? in that show <laughs> is so good like there, there are some shows where i feel like really defined what my sense of humor was and I feel like people don't give Chowder enough credit for like how much of a like Chowder and Flapjack made yes. such a big, huge waves in the art community. Some like a good amount of people who are sp- deep in art, they they know that. But I'm like, you guys need to give the humor on those shows some praise. Yeah, because I I truly feel like it shaped a lot of my humor. I was gonna say like that one flapjack, one that I hold dear to my heart, and I've said this a million times on this podcast before. Class of three thousand, that was like my absolute favorite. Oh, yeah, I feel like so many people forget that show. Exists. I know, right? Like, you, you know, what? song slaps too. It it does. You know what's actually interesting? I've said this before. I've actually had the guy who is the director of that show on this podcast. You did? Yes, the guy's name is Dude, that's awesome. The guy's name is Joe Horde and he was basically like the firefighter for Andre 3000's ideas. And like especially with what Andre wanted to do with that show, like when he told me and my group of friends or whatnot, it it just blew my mind. <laughs> That is insane. That is so cool. Yeah, that 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 is something I always hold dear when it comes to this podcast. Like, no matter what ever happens with this podcast or whatnot, I got a chance to talk to basically someone that helped shape my childhood. That's just oh man, that's that's something that's going in the in the memory like inside out. That's yeah, exactly. a core memory right there. <laughs> that's a core memory. Right there. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I imagine another core memory. If we're gonna keep going on this little trend or whatnot, is oh, nice transition. Thank you. I tried to get. <laughs> I tried, but I, I, I want to know how much of an influence Pokemon has potentially had on your art. Oh, oof. I mean, <laughs> if you've noticed, <laughs> I one of my favorite things to do when I'm bored or for funsies because I enjoy character design. Yes, I enjoy 
uh, I don't know. I have a lot of fun with just kind of looking at objects and going, what would that look like as a person? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what would that look like as a person? Like gajinkas yeah. is the term for it. But I was like, hmm, I've always been interested in Pokemon. Always loved Pokemon. Had Pokemon Red version as a kid. Ooh, um, I, I was like at the age in which I... I would catch mis- missing missigno missing no and it screw up my game like I, I, I was I had I won the hall of fame uh, like I won like the the league hall of fame the, the, the elite four fake fan yeah I'm like elite four I'm a fake fan uh, I won the elite four <laughs> and after I won that I remember all of my Pokemon glitched out into Bulbasaur's and I was like I was like, what happened? Isis is absolute win. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, cool. I was like, guys, look. But like, I've been a fan of Pokemon since I was a little, little kid. Uh, Emerald version is the best one. Just throwing that out there. But I, I, I'm going to say like, I, I'm at least in the same region. I say Sapphire, but I never got a chance to play Emerald. So yeah. So you, you are entitled to your incorrect opinion, you know, which is, yeah. which is fair, <laughs> but I at least want to say that Hoenn region is best region. I think we can agree on I that. I agree. I do agree on that. Okay. <laughs> so like I was, I've always, always been to Pokemon. My sister is deeply obsessed with Pokemon. Like oh, she's in the middle of getting like some like more Pokemon stuff for like her house, <laughs> like for her kids. Like, nice. He's on it. So, like, our whole family's always, like, my me and my sisters have always been into Pokemon. But, like, I remember I I would draw original characters based off of Pokemon when I was, like, 13, 14. I have some Pokemon that I have on, like, my Tumblr, like, really, really old art from, like, 2013, oh, wow. 2015. That I actually, well, sometimes when I'm bored, I go back and I redraw and redesign. And so it's just... I'm I don't know it's so much fun to draw human versions of Pokemon and I do I do actually remember like one of my biggest motivators for that was a lot of people who draw Pokemon as humans make them white uh, like yeah. a lot of yeah where yeah. I'm like I like I'm not surprised but I'm not. so like I remember when I, I was like 18 or something I was like I'm gonna make something called POCmon like Pokemon go. where all of them are going to be people of color. I'm like, I'll, I'll like, I'll have them like, you know, they'll be Indian. They'll be uh black. They'll be Asian. Like, I'm like, I'm going to make characters that are not white. Cause there's more than enough of them. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, I remember doing that. And so usually when I do my, do I, my designs, I kind of stick with that mindset for it because I'm like, it's fun, you know, with my whole thesis. My that there's my diversity thing that I talked about. <laughs> that was, that's in my thing. I'm like, we've got more than enough of this. I'm like, I I want to include this in it. So usually when I draw my characters, I I don't make them white. <laughs> that's fair. But I'm like, but it's a, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. I love making Pokemon Gajinkas. I, I, no, trust me. I I'm glad you do them because every single time I see a new one or just even to see a, a repost of one that you know you've retweeted or whatnot like it's absolutely outstanding especially knowing how much time and effort probably went into that to make it like as unique of an individual as it can be while at the same time like really encapsulating kind of the the spirit or the aura of the pokemon itself like you do a fantastic job like balancing the two out like thank you (laughs) you are most certainly welcome (laughs) because like some some of my goals for that too when i make the design is because i remember i used to make it where it was like a I don't know, it was very boring and cut and very easy to translate over. 
But I was like, I want it to be in which if I had this character away from the Pokemon, it could look just like a regular person. Yep. Like, but if I put it next to it, you'll go, oh, that's definitely yep. like that Pokemon. Or if I say this one is based off a of Pokemon, can you guess which? They'd be like, they'd either know it or if I said it, they're like, oh, I can definitely see it in this. So it it makes for a fun challenge because that means I don't I don't pick the obvious choices yeah. when like designing for it. Like, oh, this Pokemon clearly has this. Let, let's just give them like exactly the reflection of like if flygon let's just give them the the goggles i'm like we maybe want to change that up a little bit to create maybe like the red of flygons could be in like uh maybe a choker or it could be in like a headband maybe around with something like or what are they called whatever those not Uh, earrings uh, but gauges 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 yeah i'm like i'm like they could be in larger gauges so like that's usually how my brain will kind of shift stuff like that if it's something that I know is a little bit too obvious sometimes. I also picked Butterfree to have the red shades because I thought it was cool. So sometimes yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you certainly – it certainly works like style-wise, make it look unique. I was going to say my personal favorite one is the the three group that had the Butterfree, Gengar, and Clefairy. Like just th- their interaction how they would like react with each other. Like it, yeah. was, it was the perfect encapsulation of the characters. Like seriously <laughs> – I'm like I'm like trying my I'm like talking to my friend because I'm trying my best to see if I could possibly do a web comic based off of them Ooh. and like add other like characters because I'm like it's very hard for me to f- enjoy my own OCs. I'm one of those people who like I'll draw it. I'm like you're beautiful. Huh, on to the next one. <laughs> so like so like when I drew these three, I was like you're beautiful. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm like you're kind of cute. And so like. They're characters I'm invested in, so I am actually tempted to do something with okay. them. Because, yeah, so, like, there's an idea. Maybe if I say this on here, I'll force myself to actually do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I could probably vouch for the thousands that probably also love those pieces as well. I'm certainly excited if you're going to be doing more with those characters, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. So. <laughs> yeah, I have to ask, with all these pieces that you've basically done so far, do you have a personal, like, favorite one that you can like showcase to people and be like yo this is like the best thing i've ever done like no matter what Let's see because you got a good variety of stuff to pick from that's the sad thing yeah. I'm, like, I'm like i got a lot of pieces i'm also really hypercritical of my own work though so like it Fair. truly does narrow things down a lot but really um i'm pretty proud of my lincoln edward elric piece Ooh, yes. but I'm like, I think it would be a tie between that one and my American Drag one, just because that one also, like I said, marked a shift a little bit. So it, it's my baby and I still really like it, which is very rare. If it's been over 24 hours and I still like the picture, then I'm like, hey, <laughs> not bad. You know what? You know what? I completely understand where you're coming from. I totally get that. But nevertheless, like those are some really good choices. Like that, again, I... I'm just like showering you with praise at this point, but like seriously, like the the, the the work that you've like put into this kind of stuff and the characters you've been able to produce, like it's absolutely outstanding. And one of the aspects I absolutely love, and something that you kind of touched upon a little bit, is not only are you just making characters, but you're making incredible POC characters or like black characters as such. I love whenever you like take a character and you just make them like authentically as black as they could be like the what was it 
uh, schnitzel from chowder. Love that. Oh, that man was black. He was. He was straight up. Straight up. I'm like, that man was black. He was. No <laughs> doubt about that. But also, like, you know, what was it? There was one that I saw, the, the flapjack one you did whenever you made him. Uh, like, that one was absolutely. Oh, yeah. That one was great. For you, how important was it for you? And this might go back to college as well, back to that gold comic that we talked about. How important is it for you to not only create incredible characters, but incredible black characters? See, I had, uh, this is like, oh, like dim the lights. It's getting a little emotional for a second. But uh, when I was younger, I had a amount of like self-hate that I didn't really know that I had because I'm, I'm black and I'm white. So I'm black, but I'm like half black. And so there's, you know, not much media representation of black people, like especially back when I was younger. So like early 2000s, I know. I'm old, but like early 2000s, all that. And I just remember, this is something that I reminisce on just looking back at it where I was like, dang, if I could go back and talk to past Jordan and say, hey, it's okay to draw you the way you look. Because I remember when I was in sixth grade, I drew like a version of me, like internet me. It was like a persona. Mm -hmm. And she was a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. Ooh. And isn't that an oof moment, truly, yeah. where, like, I didn't know what that was that I was feeling. And, I mean, I straighten my hair very often. No no shade to, to black women who straighten their hair. Yeah. But, you know, like, there there can be some feelings in that. And it was just mostly because I wanted to look like all the people around me. Mm -hmm. I live in Minnesota. It's very white here. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm like, I, want, I wanted to fit in more. I wanted to blend in more. And it really took until kind of my senior year in high school going into college to really start to kind of accept more about who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And so like, there was a lot of learning unlearning that I had to do for my own like self love where like, like it's not a good feeling to know as a black person that you could, you couldn't draw black people cause you never did before. And so like, I just like, I had to do a lot of trial and error to understand literally how to just even draw skin i mean i'm light i'm light skinned as heck i'm like and i'm pale as heck because it's minnesota and i've been inside for two years yeah i promise yeah. i'm darker than this <laughs> but... also also the lights might be a little blinding but that's that's all yeah the lights are very blinding I, I there's wind in in my eyes there's a fan on the court there's something going on here <laughs> but but like you know just uh the the knowledge that like i want to do better i want to draw better i want to practice all different types of skin tones. I want to make sure that that representation is available to everyone because like we do have this where like when you have black women casted into media and on television and stuff like that, more often than not, they are a light skinned black woman or they are like a biracial black woman where it's like the, the most palatable form of a black person that media can really give you. Yeah. And usually if they do a uh, like, medium to darker skinned black woman they will pair her with a white man or something like that yeah. and so like we have a lot of colorism issues too and like i like the idea of being able to when i draw my pieces i'm like i don't want them all to look like me mm -hmm. i'm like i want them i'm like want the diversity in that to allow for everyone to see themselves in the stuff that i enjoy which is also why i really liked blacktober yeah and so like it's it's very it's self-expressive it's something that i want to make people smile for and i, I want to smile for it like 
I think it's fun. I I enjoy it to the point where it's kind of hard for me to like not draw a character with a black nose or black lips now. <laughs> like I inherently when I will draw a character, like especially in OC, I tend to make them I tend to make them black cuz it's just it's what I've grown used to and it's a it's a growth that I enjoy because I really didn't allow myself that when I was younger. I mean, I'm glad that you are getting the opportunity and you're really like pushing that in the forefront more than anything else when you make these incredible characters and you push out that kind of stuff because it's it's refreshing honestly like to see these kind of characters out there and to see people loving these kind of characters out there as well like you can correct me if i'm wrong but i can imagine like the reception that you get online at times like it must be refreshing for you to see people loving these characters as well because mm-hmm. there, there's a huge issue i mean like people will have this kind of backlash especially when they're having the backlash against blacktober mm-hmm. where black people just want to have fun and draw or do edits of themselves or like of anime characters or characters as black people because they just want to see themselves in it for fun and there would be backlashes i got one of my pieces whitewashed which wasn't a good feeling and so like you black artists i mean i do have the i obviously have the the privilege of because i have black biracial in my thing um but like they're it is it's not good for black artists and it's really not good for black artists on twitter but like so it's always a wonderful wonderful feeling to know that i've like i i wouldn't even say i cultivated this energy this is just an energy that i think fell onto me which is fantastic to see um i like to promote that energy but like it is a very positive kind of like we love this character we want to see more original characters we want to see more fan works we like we're down for it. We're having a lot of fun. And so, like, big complaints for Blacktober was when people were like, why don't you make your own? I'm like, we are. Yeah. That- <laughs> we are, buddy. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you. You're just not looking. You're not yeah. noticing. It's one of those, we're trying. You, you guys aren't exactly giving us the attention, so we're going to make our own attention. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like maybe if you guys look, you'll see them very easily. They're all over the place. You're yes, just not looking. Exactly. So it's a it's a big blessing to see that like the characters that I've made are getting like really positive reception, and they're black. It feels wonderful. Exactly. It's a good feeling. Exactly. Now I imagine again with all these pieces that you've created, with all these different characters and stuff like that, I imagine there has to be like a few that have may have like gone away from you or ones that like, you know, you want to do badly, but yet for one reason or another you just couldn't push it. Do you do you have a specific artwork that you've always wanted to like push out like so badly but you're like, nah, there's no way I can do this? Like push it in terms of do you mean like like really do more to the art piece or like push it in terms of like have people look at it or, or I'm thinking more along the lines of like you had an idea and you're like, okay, this could be something and you want to expand on it. But then you're like, nah, it's just not working. Oh God. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's just, it's mine's mostly, uh, um, I've got like the attention span of a thimble sometimes. Okay. And you know, like sometimes my limiters are, Oh God, I've really overreached on this. Okay. I'm like, I got, like I got very excitable and like, I'm making these ideas and now I'm realizing that I need to draw 80 backgrounds to do this. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, like, I don't, I don't really think I've had a piece in which it has been like, where I think it's too controversial okay. or whatever. I'm like, cause more often than not, um, at the most, if it's something that could possibly be seen as like overly sexually inappropriate, I don't do that because I do want my 
platform to still be approachable for all ages. Right. Like, a sex joke is a sex joke. Teenagers know what sex jokes are. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, I'm not going to be pushing anything like that. I don't go for overt nudity or anything like that. Just just for my own comfort. And I think maybe for the comfort of other people, right. there's nothing inherently sexual about nudity. But like, it could be interpreted that way easily. And if there's like a 13 year old who somehow got on Twitter <laughs> when they shouldn't be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like for their own safety, I'm not even trying to say kids can't be on just because. I'm saying you guys should not be around these weirdos. Adults are freaks. But yes, yes, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm like adults are freaks. Stay safe. But I'm like if they somehow have found me on my Twitter, not on my Instagram, which is far safer for you probably, mm-hmm. uh, then I want them to not feel like they're not welcome just because of the, con- the content that I make. Okay. So I mean. I very rarely have ideas like that, honestly. I just it just usually doesn't come to mind. But probably my biggest limiters are just like, oh, there, there might be some nudity in this. I'm not going to draw this. I'm not going to do that. So, okay, fair enough. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, it's honestly fine for an artist to have like some limits here and there. I mean, again, you want to be able to push stuff that it's approachable for just about anyone to like see it and appreciate it, no matter what. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, I, I, put, I push the bounds sometimes. I mean, you, you can you can make the argument that the Sully and <laughs> Mike Wazowski ain't the healthiest idea, but you didn't say anything. I, I'm sh- I, let me put it like this. If if that is your limit right there, then Sully Coon was, like, really, like, pushed up against the fence, like, let us in. It was let us in! <laughs> let me in! <laughs> that was, like, that's, like, the closest that I'm likely to get with stuff like that because, like, it's there. It's something that you acknowledge, but it's also something I'm like, middle schoolers make jokes like this. Right. This isn't going to like, and like, and there's nothing visual that is which that is going to destroy someone's innocence. I'm like, so I'm like, I can push it on this end, but that's probably the furthest I'm going to be pushing it in terms of stuff like that. Exactly. exactly. For the cringe. For the cringe. Do, <laughs> do it for the cringe. Then to potentially expand on the cringe, or at the very least, to go past your limits or whatnot, I want to ask this question of more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags, Jordan. I come to him like, look, the art you are producing is absolutely outstanding, and we need so much more of it in this world. We have access to everyone and anyone in the art industry, and we have more money than there should be possible. Jesus Christ, we could be giving this back to so many charities. We'll probably do that as well. <laughs> but... If given this golden opportunity, what would be the dream Southpaw's project? Oh, God. Ooh. It's so hard because, like, I mean, I love me some TV shows. Mm. I'm like, even though I do enjoy, like, animated movies and stuff like that, I would probably want to, like, I mean, I guess I guess I already talked about the webcomic. Maybe make that do a show with yeah. my own, like, kind of like I'm like because truly the designs are enough where I could separate it and like do some adjustments and make them my own OCs, just like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> and was, that was a success, so I think I'll be doing fine. I was gonna say either that or again, we have access to everyone and we have more money than there should be possible. We could just buy, make sure you have the right. I'm buying make- the rights to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Pokemon so I can make my gajinkas. There you go. <laughs> but I, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I'm like, because truly, I usually when it comes to my like I say, I'm a very impulsive person. Right. I wish I could say that I had giant plans in the works. 
but more often than not, I'm like, oh, I'll draw this. I'll draw that. <laughs> I'll draw these things. And then, like, <laughs> my goal is to be hopped onto someone else's project who can keep me in line. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> I'm like I I can give you my characters I can give you my idea but like honestly this is gonna sound like me sucking up to like my own family but I would try to bring my dad in on it yes. and try to get one of his productions done I'd be like Dad let I got all this money in the world let's make your superhero series you so go. I think like not to sound like but like I I actually think I would use that to help my dad with his art. I think like that, drop a show. I think that, and then be, I work on it. There you go. <laughs> I'll say nothing else. I believe that'd be money well spent. But sadly, we have to come down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality. Oh, I God. know. There goes gravity. I know, right? <laughs> and I'll ask the ever so generic question: Where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? Uh, let's see. Oh, man, I'm hoping with all my heart to work for a. <laughs> work under some form of animation okay company i'm like because i ideally because like, like i said my art education did not go in the right direction in which i that i was interested in right so truly a, a lot of these things i'm maneuvering blind and i have to like readjust my portfolio around this so i'm trying to like creep on other people who are in the industry who i'm like we're mutuals can i bother you <laughs> and so like just try to adjust around it but i'm like ideally like a goal for me would to be were to be like either a character designer or an I guess in between or what is it like a key feature like artist for like a cartoon show for like teenagers to young adults because okay. that's the kind of stuff that I loved mm -hmm. and that's the kind of stuff I would love to be a part of so I also think it'd be really fun to make children's books but that's, that's just a that's just a quiet interest for me <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I mean, who said you can't do both in five years? I mean, a lot can happen in five years. That is true. If that is if the past two years have taught me anything, a lot can fucking happen in a short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing happened in these past two years. Yeah, you're right. It, it just flew yeah. by like it was nothing. No, you know, no yeah. horrible diseases, no horrible people, no, you know, social not injustice. Single, not a single issue whatsoever. I think we were just all endorsed for funsies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. well, it's nice to have some self-reflection, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not screaming. <laughs> but as we're winding down the interview a little bit, I just have one last question that I want to ask. Um, obviously, you're deeply entrenched in art in so many different aspects. So I have to ask, how important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? I will argue this case. <laughs> okay. Art is insanely important to just the health of every person hmm. like it is something that is very very undervalued which is very sad yeah but it is everywhere i'm like art is absolutely everywhere art is in the chair that you sat on that someone had to design to make art is in the billboards that you dro drove past it's in the car that you're driving art is in the media that you consume art is something that is everywhere surrounding you that you appreciate but you don't really attach to an artist or to having been created for a purpose outside of just like just for your own enjoyment like art has a purpose art is very important to us as like just as humans 
Like, just just think about what happened with COVID. You guys would have lost your minds if you didn't have a TV show to watch. You would have lost your minds if you didn't have music to listen to. Oh, yeah. Like, you would have, I'm like, you would have, everyone would have lost it if we didn't have art. And that should just bring attention to how incredibly important it is for society, for our culture, just to embrace it, just to see the diversity of other people's lives and see, like, there's so many artists who I will see and I will admire because it's a perspective that I do not know. Mm -hmm. It's a perspective that I am unfamiliar with and it's helping enlighten me on what their struggles are, who they are as people and what their culture is. And I think just a little bit of understanding over the diversity of that, the understanding of the importance in art will really... I think make people happier, healthier, and more understanding of each other. There we go. That is beautifully worded, if I do say so myself. Hashtag deep. I'm actually looking at a tele I'm actually looking at a teleprompter right now. I knew you were gonna ask this question. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize I sent you these questions that I hand wrote. I didn't realize oh, I sent them to you beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, like I open the door and I'm actually in your room. I'm like, I was actually looking oh, over your shoulder the whole time. <laughs> it's okay, I took your paper. Oh, there but, you yeah. go. <laughs> well, in that case, you can take a whole lot more because this place needs to be cleaned up. Oh, um, <laughs> take that little knock poster over there. Gimme. Yeah, go, go for it. That actually, I, th I was gonna say that is actually a hyper realistic portrait that someone did. That is not a picture. Holy that's, cow! I that's know, right? Awesome. That was done by a uh, artist goes by the name Senpai Beth. Um, yeah, she does incredible, like, hyper-realistic stuff like that. So, Dang, yeah. Senpai Beth. You're killing it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But that was all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I'm going to shower you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> obviously, I've said a million times over that I can't get enough of your art. Every single time that I see you push something new out there, I, I'm just instantly, like, captivated with just how stunning, how, like – semi-cartoony realistic it is how how much time and effort gone into it and just how hilarious it could be at times especially with soli Kun. trust me i was laughing my ass off when that thing was out there um victory <laughs> there you go victory, <laughs> victory indeed but getting the chance to actually sit down talk to you get to know a little bit more of your backstory and whatnot it gives me a whole new level of appreciation i already appreciate you like to the fullest extent so thank you for taking time every day to sit down and talk um i really do appreciate all that you do push out there you know, with everything, especially that's going on. And I know that I'm one of a thousands of people right now that are rooting for you. And I'm still going to be rooting for you no matter what you do. So thank you so much. Oh man. Thank you. This is an incredibly fun experience. Like I said, and like we talked about where you're like reaching out to artists. They're like, huh? Yeah. Do you want to talk to me? Well, you know, sometimes art can be a thankless job. I wouldn't say that it's thankless. Cause I have a stupid support that i never expected <laughs> <laughs> like like a stupid amount of support but it's just something where you don't really think that like people want to kind of get to know you they just kind of want to see your stuff and move on so it was very flattering to know that you actually want to talk to me and i told my parents and i was like <laughs> i was like hey guys like i'm famous and stuff you i'm gonna be interviewed <laughs> So like, I think we're we're both getting probably an equal amount of fun out of this. So uh, oh, thank you so much for interviewing me. Trust me, getting the to talk to you and just laughing with you the entire time—that's the fun that I get out of this podcast more than anything else. And also, you talk about how you know it can be thankless. People see the artwork and then they move on instead of actually getting to know the artist behind it. That's what this podcast is all about. Because every single person that I bring on here, either I admire or I know someone 
that thinks it's amazing and I get introduced to their stuff incredibly well. Um, and I want to like, I, I want to give the person behind the art an opportunity to like really showcase and let people know, Hey, I'm right there with you because I imagine that if not for yourself, there's probably hundreds of other people that probably want to produce the same stuff that you're making. And the fact that, you know, you're getting to create that stuff and you're doing an incredible job with it probably inspires them more than anything else. <laughs> Nothing feels better than like, you know, if it's like a, you have a hard day and then you hear someone say like, you're my inspiration or like your art oh. inspires me or anything like that, like makes my heart explode. <laughs> I, I have uh, heart issues <laughs> because of love, <laughs> but yeah, no, it feels, it's a really good feeling when, when, you know, the amount of work that you put out, because really I'm, I'm doing it for me, but I'm doing it with the hope that other people will enjoy the stuff too. Mm -hmm. That it, it feels nice to know that there are people out there who are like, oh, I like, I know of Southpaw's art. I can recognize her art style yeah. or something like that. Even when I feel like I can't recognize my own, <laughs> if other people can recognize it. And like, so it's just crazy to think that like there are people anywhere outside of this world who like my stuff and like in seeing me talk or seeing me rant about nonsense on Twitter because I do want to kind of keep my genuine self on there. So I try not to hide too much. I mean, I'm not going to tell you all my issues, right. but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, but you know, I think it's important to kind of keep the humanizing aspect of who you are on there. So people can, exp you know, not make it seem like you're not a person anymore. Right. So, well, well hopefully this podcast for those fans out there is nothing more than a further extension of the genuine Southpaw, the genuine Jordan Coffer. So, the genuine article. There you go. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this, I love you. There you go. Um, for people who may not already know for one reason or another, go ahead and plug your stuff. Okay. So <laughs> you can find me on Southpaws, S O U T H. P-A-U-Z, because the internet took P-A-W-S years ago. Oh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> South Paws. Look at that. It's a Aww. little Because I'm, I'm left-handed. Oh. Uh, and a left-handed person is a South Paw. I should have asked that one of my questions, cause, but that's actually, like, genuinely yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, so there you go. I'm a South Paw. Right. So South Paws. On my Instagram, I have a TikTok, but I don't really use it. But it's Southpaws. Or is it art? Southpaws art? I don't know. It's one of them. And my Twitter is Southpaws art. All one word on Twitter. There we go. And if you miss anything, especially the TikTok link, I'll be sure to link them in the description below for the people to find them. Uh, do you have any final words before we sign off? Mostly just got, have fun drawing. Like... Don't don't get too swept up in it because really if you start to get hypercritical about your stuff or hypercritical about like whether or not people are going to see perceive your work the way you want them to you're just going to you're going to not have fun with it. You're going to get too critical, you're going to not want to draw and nothing's worse than just kind of having your passion leave you. Mm -hmm. So try to stay passionate, try to enjoy what you do. If it's only OCs, heck yes, draw the OCs. I want to see them all the time. I want them everywhere. If it's all fan art, do your fan art. Like, work on you, work on your fun, and then the other stuff will come later. Exactly. Exactly. That is a wonderful way to end it. And for that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta the way, amigos. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me it's part of the solution. Give me a song. Tell me your eyes can't open.
Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Thank you for sticking around to the end. Um, if this is your first episode, I really do appreciate it. And I hope you sincerely enjoyed my conversation with Southpaws. Um, I was beyond stoked to have her on the podcast, seriously. Because I've always been one of those to see her stuff passing by and just like, good lord, the amount of time and effort she dedicates to that stuff, I can only imagine. <laughs> Even after this conversation, I can only imagine. But there was a particular comment that she made that kind of just grabbed my attention as I was listening back to this stuff. One of the things that she said is that, you know, when coming on this podcast, this was the first time anyone had asked her. This is the first time that people wanted to know more than just like the art itself for her. I feel like that's what this podcast is all about, you know, like. I want to make sure that every single artist out there gets that due diligence that they deserve because they're creating incredible stuff that is helping get through like their day-to-day life. I mean, honestly, I don't know what I do without the art around me. I'd probably just go further down my path of insanity that I've been going on apparently. But it's like, especially for her, what she's creating, the incredible like love and detail that goes into that kind of stuff. Good Lord, guys. Like, I I know a lot of these artists create their own sort of platform, but I feel like it should go a little bit further. I mean, that's what I'm hoping to do with this podcast, and hopefully I'm doing a halfway decent job at it, you know? That, that, you know, it's just openly thinking. More than anything else, I was just glad to be able to talk to Jordan, because she was honestly a real treat to talk to, and I am just so glad I got this opportunity. She was fun. And Jordan, if you are listening to the end, um, if you ever just want an opportunity, just come back and just shoot the breeze on a podcast. Yeah, you have an open invitation. You're welcome. Come on back. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I hope if you guys, if this is your first podcast, hopefully you want to go back and listen more. And after listening to some, hopefully you want to support me further. And I know I said this at the beginning, but I would really appreciate it if you guys would be a part of the Patreon. Um, More than anything else, like, the funds that I will get in from the Patreon are more than likely going to go back to making sure I can pay the artists I bring on whenever I ask them to do the thumbnail. Because I want to make sure that every single person that comes on here, if they're going to create art for me, they are compensated. That is something that I believe And I'm not going to lie, money has been a little bit tight. Just a little. So if you really love this podcast and you really want to help out with making it 
grow, helping it grow, making it go further. And hey, maybe I could potentially get other opportunities, but for right now, at this point, this is the best way for me to do it. And it's the best way for you guys to get involved as well. Because this podcast is for you guys. Like, it's for me. But I don't think I can pay myself in order to get more money. If it was, I wouldn't have to worry about a lot of things. <laughs> but more than anything else, I just want to make sure that you guys get an opportunity to be as involved with the love and passion that comes out of this podcast as well. Because there's a lot to give. But maybe you guys can give a little bit more. Hopefully, if you guys want to, you are more than welcome to help me give a little more. All right, let's get to the big words. The final, the, 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 the yeah, you know, I'm gonna leave this in. Um, <laughs> the last words I want to leave you guys is, especially as we go towards the end of 2021, 2022 is knocking on our door. Let us all remember. Let us all remember this past year. The highs and the lows. Remember it. Keep it with us. Learn from it. But as we move forward, let's keep up that optimism. Let's keep up that love. Let's keep up that passion. And let's just go into the new year shining bright. Let's go into this new year with a big old smile on our face and a positive attitude that can carry us until the end of time. Let's see if we can do that. Because if you notice it, a lot of other people are going to notice it as well. If you carry that with you, a lot of people are going to be carrying it with you. Thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your day.